By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 75, our number two of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard, and remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. And we're going to focus on getting the industry healthy on this episode. But before we do, there is uh, certainly one way we like to start things off on this program, and that's by asking you, what's your groove? in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kinda grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Pipe in a grape, long in a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? So what I mean when I say what's your groove is uh, if you're grooving while listening to this show, I would love to know. Uh, And uh, from time to time, uh, we do get some really cool responses from people uh, with what they are indeed grooving with. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I don't know. uh, It's it's whatever you want to groove with. You mind if I do it, Jay? You do anything you want, man. You're the dude. Or maybe you're going with something else. Pipe and a crepe, bong and a blintz. I'm not really sure. Uh, but if you are grooving with something, uh, please let me know. Hit me up uh, on our Twitter feed at the Cannabis 101. We're at the Cannabis 101 podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and you can email me cannabis101podcast.ca. This is uh, so crazy. It's it's you know the the first day of December as I'm recording this, and what is on the TV in front of me? Die Hard. I, like I I don't think you can win the argument that Die Hard is uh, it's a Christmas movie because it, a, a Christmas movie to me is a lot of people watch it around Christmas. This Die Hard is always on because it takes place around Christmas. Anyway, I'm grooving with some Blue Dream. I got the old uh, Hexasaurus Rex going from uh, Burnt. I love this hexagon bong. Old school. I haven't had this out in quite a long time. Uh, so without further ado, let me get my groove on. I've got the hemp wick lighter because, uh, you know, I'm going to be inhaling. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's burning. Uh, but I won't be constantly sending uh, lighter fluid to the cannabis, which indeed burns it too much. And I won't be inhaling uh, lighter fluid as well. So let me get my groove on with some Blue Dream from Spinach. 
that it could be a cough coming. Have not. <coughs> here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. Have not used the bong in uh, quite a while. I've been vaping quite a lot as of late. But now that I have my uh, groove on, uh, we can get going on with the show. That is not possible without our wonderful partners, the OZ, the Green Generation Company, Regal Cigars, and, of course, Stonesmiths. Check them out at stonesmiths.ca. We'll have a slash to give away next week, and then you'll find out that this thing has so many cool features on it, like a built-in loader, a battery built for Edmonton, because it's made by Edmontonians. You can find it at Shell Shock in Edmonton, Smokers Junction in Calgary, You can also find it in uh, Cowboy Smoke Shop in Calgary and Vancouver. And if you are indeed a retail shop, get a hold of them at stonesmiths.ca. I love the people that are reaching out, uh, telling me they've already purchased one. You could still win one next week for sure. So thanks in part uh, to all of our partners for making this show possible. Here's what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode, Nathan Meissen, he is the CEO of Diplomat Consulting. Uh, last time we talked to him, he was with Fire and Flower, and we're going to dive into some of the things that uh, him and, and, and a lot of people he's working with on a few different things are trying to do to get the Cannabis Act reviewed. It will happen after three years, but let's not wait that long. Let's get it going. A really interesting conversation. And Pay attention because there's a part in this conversation where we talk about the Supreme Court possibly being involved in this. So interesting, really interesting conversation with uh, Nathan Meissen from Diplomat Consulting. Chris Ionson is our educator uh, on what's that strain. And he is, of course, uh, from Nova Cannabis and uh, can't wait uh, to chat with Chris about what we are doing on what's that strain a little bit later on. Uh, We will also have the cannabis question, which is a little bit about cannabis Christmas, of what pairs well with cannabis, and our cannabis character is from a comic book today. So that's all coming down the hash pipe on the program as we get started with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So there you can, if you're watching, you can see what the cannabis question is. If you're listening and you'd like to watch, check us out on YouTube or our social media feeds. But what is one accessory you want this cannabis Christmas? Is there one thing out there as far as an accessory uh, that you want? Uh, Joey1love710 on Instagram says, man, I wish I would have known about the giveaway before I ordered the slash, but I really want a sweet device that I want this a sweet device that I want this Christmas is the PAW Portable Advanced Water Pipe. At Rosin Press has been advertising it. It's like a Puffco Peak and a Carta 5, except way cheaper. Check it out. I've used one and loved it, except the last time I checked, you can't get spare coils once they go. I've been told that is being worked on. So there you go. 
a portable advanced water pipe, a paw. So what is it that you want this cannabis Christmas? I would love to get something that's not on the market right now. It's called a J-Roll. And uh, it's, uh, I've, been, I've been in talks with the uh, the guys that created this for, uh, for a, well over a year now. It's close, I think, to coming to market. Anyway, you can roll 10 joints at once. Perfect for parties whenever we can have them. By the way, this is what we're doing today on uh, What's That Strain. It's from uh, Joy Botanicals. And we're doing Cake Crasher number one. So that is coming up a little bit later on in the program when Chris Ionson joins us. So just for chiming in on the cannabis question, you can win a Regal Cigar just in time for Christmas for you or maybe to re-gift. Uh, but just chime in at uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast or the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, rather. You can also get us on Facebook and Instagram, the Cannabis 101 podcast. And you can email and be anonymous. Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That is Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Be anonymous and you could be a winner. You can check out all the contests that we have going, including the 12 cultivars of Christmas. Started today, December 1st, ends December 24th, a new cultivar each day. For that, you can win an awesome prize pack. Head to the Cannabis website, www.cannabis. 101podcast.ca. Get in the mix, win a prize, a regal cigar this week, and a grand prize after the 12 cultivars of Christmas on December 24th. As for what pairs well with cannabis, that is anything that you do and you like to include cannabis. Um, So this past weekend, my wife and I decided we were going to decorate our place. Well, we didn't get that far because we had to go through our storage unit, which is a giant mess. Uh, So cannabis helped me keep my head level because I'm not that great with those things and I just get frustrated and think think that everything should be done in five minutes. So cannabis helped me during it. And then uh, after that, uh, I'm not in good shape, so I was really sore. Uh, Cannabis and a uh, latitude bath salt really helped me after that uh, with the the sore muscles. Uh, So I picked that up from Plant Life. I also picked up uh, a new uh, topical, a 100 to 100. Uh, So I'm really curious to see how that is going to work. I've only used the um, the, uh, high high in CBD. I haven't actually used a one-to-one THC to CBD. So I'll put that out on uh, some of our social media feeds after I've used it and uh, give you, let you know what what it's like. But I picked both of those things up at Plant Life uh, because... Uh, they seem to have, I checked a bunch of other stores and none of them had any of the bath salts. So they were the only one that uh, had it and, and some of the new topicals that are coming out as well. So for me, that's what pairs well with cannabis. Uh, we'll get to the decorating at some point and then I'll let you know uh, what I paired well with cannabis. But there's some really cool Christmas style edibles uh, that are starting to pop out there in the ne- in the last little while as well. And I'm sure more we'll see as we get closer to the big day. want to tell you about the Weed Weekly. That is something that comes out every Friday. It recaps what happened in the show. We also have a giveaway, uh, throw in a few other fun things as well and some uh, tidbits and research and information rather that we try to research. So sign up for that at the Cannabis101podcast.ca. Just hit subscribe. While you're there, check out the 12 cultivars of Christmas and past episodes. But this is only for subscribers, so uh, you only win if you are a subscriber to the Weed Weekly, which will come into your inbox 
every Friday. Just like that, you get the goods from the Cannabis 101 podcast. All right, Nathan Meissen from Diplomat Consulting is coming up after we hear the weed song from the artist My Dead Dog, who celebrated a birthday this week. Happy birthday to the artist My Dead Dog, who also has a Christmas album uh, coming out very soon. Nathan Meissen on the other side of the weed song. and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Nathan, it is great to have you uh, back on uh, the program. You are now the CEO of uh, Diplomat Consulting, and I'm going to get to uh, what that is in just a second. But I always start off every interview trying to find out what people did before, and I know you've been on this show before, but maybe for the people that uh, missed that episode, uh, what did you do before you got into the cannabis-specific space? So I have been lucky to have a, uh, a myriad of different fun things that I have been able to do. Um, I spent a lot of my life in uh, restaurants, um, in the kitchens. Uh, I worked my way up to a chef. I uh, ran front of house, uh, was a server. Um, uh, eventually, we owned a number of uh, properties. Um, so spent lots of time in the, the restaurant industry. Um, I helped run festivals and events uh, for a long time. I was an event planner in 2010. I ran the Bissell Center's 100-year celebration in Edmonton. I was lucky enough with Alberta Pork, uh, shout out Darcy Fitzgerald, to mm. help build Porkapalooza. Um, in our first three years, we took that event from uh, um, con our concept to our first year, we had 25,000. Our second year, we had 55,000. And our third year, we had 75,000. And what was even cooler about that is our last year, we actually moved the CFL with uh, the Edmonton Eskimos, Len Rhodes, and Alan uh, Watt over there so that uh, it was on Father's Day weekend. So we actually had Father's Day barbecue after the football game at Borkapalooza. Um, so that was pretty great. And uh, I also spent a lot of time in the nonprofit space, um, specifically around um, home homelessness and uh, poverty and uh, slowly made my way into lobbying and advocacy, um, doing fun stuff like representing Northlands, Dyna Life, Alberta Pork. Um, if there was something big and ugly for a number of years there, I was probably one of the people that was trying to help represent it to politicians. Uh, and now you're working with something big and beautiful uh, as the, uh, the <laughs> cannabis plant. And uh, the last time we chatted, you were with Fire and Flower, and you had a really long mm -hmm. title. Uh, now uh, you mm -hmm. have a great title of CEO with Diplomat Consulting. So uh, tell us about starting uh, Diplomat Consulting and, and the sort of services that your group provides. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, it was really exciting, an, an incredible opportunity to spend 32 months helping um, Fire and Flower grow um, from when Harvey Shapiro, the executive chairman of Fire and Flower, uh, approached me and then Trevor Fencott came on board and we started to build uh, a year before legalization from uh, a concept that went from the edge of my desk to uh, the center of our world, um, growing from no stores and a deck that you would sell to people to, I believe they're just about across six, uh, 70 stores in Canada with the acquisition of Friendly Stranger. And that afforded me a great opportunity to have lots of incredible conversations and learn about the sector and meet great people. Um, but it was an opportunity uh, that was for um, someone else. And it was... Um, was great to build something, um, but I wanted to build something on my own with um, the people that I would have that opportunity to do. Um, we left with uh, Lisa Holmes, who's my uh, co-founder and the COO of Diplomat Consulting, an incredible woman who was a, a mayor, the president of the Alberta Urban Municipality Association, uh, Federation of Canadian Municipalities, small or small cities, and advisor on the smart cities board for the the government of canada all before the age of 35 mm -hmm. while having two kids uh, she's an incredible woman um so taking that horsepower out of fire and flower still having that relationship with fire and flower where there's still a client but um seeing what else we could do and build and how we could move away from just retail to representing other people within the sector uh was incredibly exciting so we focus on uh, the full range of cannabis businesses from cultivation to retail to ancillary businesses um, here municipally, provincially, domestically in Canada, but internationally as well. Um, and that's incredibly exciting. And then fingers and other pies uh, out there as well, because the thing that we love about the cannabis sector is, again, what we know today is not what it'll be. So um, we hope to drive that conversation of where cannabis can go and and um, being out at Diplomat Consulting allows us to start um, nurturing and, and fostering other conversations and other businesses to support the space. That's the one thing that I, I love about conversations with you is you're always thinking um, and instead of just saying, OK, this is what we've accomplished. Uh, you, know, you celebrate that, but you're also thinking about what is next. And we've talked a lot, lot about that, about, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I actually, after our conversation, I've included, you know, what's the next big thing in cannabis in a lot of our conversations, mm -hmm. because there is always something developing and there's going to be something developing for a very, well, very long time with this, uh, this plant and this industry. Look in the last seven days, yeah, yeah. Israel has said um, there is the, a bill in front of the Congress in the United States and on Thursday, Mexico legalizes. Mm. That was in the last seven days, right? Like, like we're talking about, um, you know, year end numbers for license holders when you're talking about just two of those places, by the way, two of our closest trade allies who share um, NAFTA relationships with us that equal 500 million potential new consumers, right? Um, that was in the last seven days. So yeah, I think it is really exciting because, you know, we don't know what we don't know and and I don't think we're ready for what's to come. And the more that we can have that conversation, it's really exciting to start um, taking away some of the negativity of where, um, legalization came from you know it was a tough bumpy road with lots of fits and starts but you know we're the first g20 to legalize 
cannabis federally, right? Like that's the, it's honestly, it's the liberals biggest um, policy claim that they should take credit for, but they don't, that's a whole different mm -hmm. conversation, but you know, 500 million new consumers in the last seven days is in discussion and 130 million of them for sure. Like yeah. that's like Mexico city almost has the same population as Canada. Right. <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah. And, and the exportation so, out of those countries is going to be amazing. Well, yeah. And, and the thing that's neat for us as Canadians is we did go first, right? Mm -hmm. And we should be proud of that, right? And um, is it okay if I swear a little bit? Just a sure. little bit? Yeah, by all means. Okay. Um, it was fucking hard to get here today, <laughs> right? Like it was hard, right? Like it was shitty. It was, it was hard, you know, the government legal, the federal government legalized and then, you know, put something in the middle of the floor and then went, whoa, we've done that now. We're going to yeah. back up. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, provinces, you figure it out. And then the provinces went, whoa, okay, we'll put it in the middle of four and then we'll back up. <laughs> and then the municipalities would be like, what you, okay, I guess we'll figure it out. Um, but we don't get any of the money. Oh, cool. Thanks guys. Um, so all three orders of government, right? Like went through that process of establishing it and it, and it was hard, right? Like we, you know, the moratorium in Alberta to lotteries in Ontario, you know, BC, I don't just is getting its first, um, national, uh, cannabis company inside its own domestic borders. Uh, Quebec is still very uh, close to, um, other domestic markets. Um, but we're still legalized. <laughs> Like, it's crazy. We're an essential service in Canada. Mm -hmm. Like, who the hell would have thought we would have been an essential service? We have delivery in provinces where we didn't have delivery before COVID, right? Like, and we're only just celebrated recently two years old. So, you know, it, it's exciting to think about where our evolution is, but our evolution in concert with other nations who are looking at us for leadership, where that Canadian businesses, Canadian leadership can continue to be fostered and grown here, but picked up and taken into other places. And the opportunity that affords is, is amazing, right? Like one of the true gifts of Confederation is we've done cannabis 13 different ways. Yeah. And what a great opportunity for somebody on the outside to go, ah, I don't like that. We'll take a little Nunavut and a splash of BC and mm -hmm. a little bit of Saskatchewan. Like that's neat. Right. So we should be having those conversations and I'm sure that'll lead into the review. But, you know, I think that's where um, Canada is continuing to go. But the 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 cannabis market, not the Canadian cannabis market, the cannabis market is developing faster than Canadians can keep up. And it's our job to make sure we talk about that so that we could take advantage of what's to come. Yeah, and and, and, uh, and oftentimes we get wrapped up in what's not happening in the cannabis industry, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that okay. need to change, but we should celebrate that we have responsibly legalized this plant uh, for over two years, and there's been no reefer madness sort of thing. And, and, and that kind of leads us into something else that you're involved in, and that's the National Cannabis Working Group, and, and that's going to get us into the, the Cannabis Act. But just for, for people out there that are unaware or maybe are interested in getting more information, tell us about that. So the National Cannabis Working Group with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce is an opportunity for us to, to add more people to the conversation. So one of the t most difficult things are politicians still are holding on to stereotypes 
or stereotypes and tropes of the past, even though to your incredible point that the citizenry has moved on, but our decision makers in the bureaucracy and the political class haven't understood that most Canadians have moved on. The fastest growing population of cannabis consumers in Canada or cannabis consumers in Canada is seniors, right? Um, like that shows how much it has become integrated in our society, but we're not seeing that political uh, movement um, to, to unlock that opportunity. And we knew that um, if it was just a retailers association or a licensed producers association or a retailers and licensed uh, producers association, it would just be cannabis people whining for better cannabis policy. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, that's sometimes the truth. Um, and the Canadian Chamber, who was very forward thinking and, and credit to Kimberly Gale, Ryan Greer, um, uh, Jackie Kelly and uh, President CEO, uh, Honorable Perrin Beattie, that they decided that um, it was something that the Canadian Chamber uh, could and should do. And the reason for that is because of the ancillary businesses. So everybody hyper focuses on retailers and cultivators, right? Um, so, you know, uh, StatsCan recently just came out with a number that showed that in uh, September, the uh, cannabis sector uh, contributed $8.69 billion to the Canadian economy. So that if we if we take the numbers that are happening during COVID, that means retail and cultivation will be $3.5 billion of it. Um, so if we take that away, that means there's $5.19 billion of economic contribution. Well, that's lawyers, uh, accountants, construction companies, media companies, um, um, packaging companies, you know, um, uh, agricultural products, so on and so forth. And what a great way to bring those guys into the conversation with the cannabis sector who are doing cannabis business, um, but don't want to stick up their hand and say, hey, we're doing cannabis business is with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. Um, so we launched the uh, National Cannabis Working Group with the intention that we were going to represent the sector as its entirety with all three primary focuses of uh, cultivation, retail and ancillary business. And the Canadian Chamber had all of those traditional economic actors who were ancillary businesses already there. So we just put the national or we put the cult the cannabis guys together with the people who were doing the cannabis work to try and drive the conversation underneath um the canadian chamber and you know it's funny how sometimes something that uh, you do something in advance and then when a crisis happens it becomes like the most important thing and who would have ever thought covid would have happened and who would have ever thought that one of the main points that the cannabis sector or sorry that the canadian chamber was advocating on would be cannabis needs to be essential cannabis needs to be included in uh, export development uh, bank loans the business development bank loans um wage subsidies rent subsidies so on and so forth and because at the beginning when they were rolling out those programs they didn't include cannabis at all. None of them, no of those programs did. So um, they came to the table with the cannabis sector and said, what the hell, treat us mm -hmm. the same. And um, it was through the leadership and advocacy that we were able to see that policy change. And I really believe we wouldn't have had that be the case 
um, if it wasn't for the Canadian Chamber and their leadership. And it's also spun off other incredible things. Uh, the BC Chamber of Commerce now has a leading group in uh, British Columbia called the, the British Columbia um, Cannabis Working Group. Um, there's the Ontario Cannabis Policy Committee from the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, because the benefit for the Chamber as well is Canadian Chambers on top, then the provinces, then Every city has a chamber, um, so we can push our messages down and push them up um, because cannabis affects all orders of government. So it ended up working really well. And uh, it's an exciting partnership. And not only um, are we doing that domestically, in June, we announced the creation of the International Cannabis Council um, with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, the International Chamber of Commerce and the OECD. And again, whoever thought that would happen, but um, Canada is leading. And one of the ways that has happened is through the Chamber of Commerce leadership. Yeah, from illegal to essential in a matter of a few years is just such a wild. It's know, insane. Yeah, not only do we get to see this industry born before our eyes of legalization, but we see it elevated to essential service. And, and you know, uh, the Cannabis Act uh, is to be reviewed uh, three years after. Um, you know, Malcolm LaBelle and I from the Green Generation Co. who joins me on the business of cannabis uh, have been chatting about this and the fact that, you know, we can't wait till the third year because any changes are going to take effect so long after so they're starting the conversation you guys are starting this conversation now and and it and has to start now doesn't it well yeah no i think one of the things that is crucial is um you know again i'm not going to be a, a, as politically correct as i normally see this is the benefit right there of leaving fire and flower i can get away with saying there things you go. i've been allowed to say in the past um you know, we're at a time where we can't dither and navel gaze uh, like we sometimes do when we create bureaucrat bureaucratic government processes. And the sector can't have it. Um, there's lots of people who have invested lots of money. There's lots of Canadians who are shareholders to the sector. And we just talked about there's 500 million new potential cannabis consumers uh, coming on, on board in America and Mexico. And um, what happens when they start producing um, better brands because they won't have regulation, um, uh, less expensive cannabis because they're not growing in Edmonton, Alberta. They're growing in uh, Mexico where you get four grows a year outside and your commodity price is nothing uh, or, or very little comparatively. Um, you know, th there's some significant changes in uh, coming to the Canadian cannabis sector. And we need to have conversations because one of the greatest opportunities for Canadians is to talk about what we've done wrong and not criticize, but critique and then create solutions and then talk about how to unlock opportunity. And the review group is the opportunity for us to coalesce that conversation and that critiques come together with solutions while uh, doing our responsibility to educate, inform, and enlighten the opportunity that has fallen into Canadians' laps, that if we're not careful, we'll move our first or lose our first mover advantage um, by not unlocking the opportunity within one of the only sectors that's growing in Canada. Um, and what we're proposing is we're going to have the review done in advance of where we will have a document to present with uh, thought out 
sector-wide consultation and specifics about how to still adhere to the, the three fundamental reasons for legalizing the cannabis sector, while adding a fourth because uh, the government failed in one specific area um, that needs to be amended as quick as possible. We will make sure that we create and keep regulated product our, our uh, create and develop regulated product. We will keep cannabis out of the hands of youth where we're seeing survey after survey that teens are actually consuming less cannabis since legalization in Canada. And uh, we'll work to eliminate the illicit market by transitioning in the legal or the legacy sector um, into the legal sector and focusing on the, the bad people who want to act badly. Um, and then the fourth thing that the government absolutely failed on at all three orders, there is not one provincial or federal ministry or ministerial mandate about the economic contributions of cannabis. And that needs to be included in the Cannabis Act. And uh, we're going to we're going to make sure the review keeps those mandates in mind, um, but talk about how to unlock a domestic sector. Um, that in a time of global pandemic uh, affords an opportunity to be one of the new job creators in Canada to really drive um, uh, opportunity domestically and internationally. And we're going to present that to the government in advance of the Cannabis uh, Act uh, launch review on October 17th of 2021 uh, with the intention that don't wait 18 months. Right. We've done your consultation. Um, here it is. Here's the people we've talked to. Here's the leadership. Let's get it done. And we're excited too that we've brought in two leading law firms in uh, Dentons and Davies, um, who will actually be chairing um, with uh, Eric Foster and Elisa uh, Carney um, from uh, Dentons and Davies um, directly. So again, it's not cultivators and retailers. It's mm -hmm. You know, people who write regulations and interpret interpret the law, who are recommending legal uh, review and recommendations to unlock the opportunity that wasn't in the case when the the act was originally written. Well, you know, and there's there's many things that uh, could be improved. Uh, you know, I, I'm in the media yeah. sector, and we live on promotion and, and different kind of advertising. And not only can you not advertise if you're a retailer or a producer, but from my point of view, if, if you're a plumber that worked, uh, you can't even advertise that you, that you did that. It's so crazy, accessories and everything. So for, from my point of view, uh, and, and I think a lot of people, we just want equality. Treat us the same as there are some other um, different uh, th the, um, um, products that are advertised out there. Just tr just treat the, give the cannabis industry the same rights as, as some other ones. And is there a way that the Supreme Court could maybe play a role in some of this? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's a really important one. I think the message that one of the easiest ones for us to talk about in this time is just treat cannabis the same. I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think we're asking for special circumstance. I think we're asking for um, equal treatment. And the benefit is there is other inebriates on the market. The two, uh, the two that are easiest to associate uh, with that most provincial regulators that we deal with already oversee is tobacco and alcohol. Um, we just want to be treated the same. Um, you know, Ontario is one of my... Uh, I'm going to use favorite examples, but an example is every retailer in Ontario was le allowed delivery um, except cannabis. <laughs> right now, 
through the leadership of Attorney General Doug Downey uh, two weeks ago when they went to the lockdown in Toronto and Peel. Um, thankfully, um, the, the Attorney General was uh, uh, pushed forward delivery and we're very excited that um, as cannabis bricks and mortars are closed, curbside and delivery is allowed, um, but it's only temporary. Right. Every other retailer has been allowed to do delivery from now on, you know, um, moored boats in the uh, um, in Lake Ontario that have a liquor license are allowed to sell liquor for delivery. But legalized cannabis retailers can't. That's crazy. You know, uh, it's crazy. Illegal dispensaries, which are still open in Toronto, um, um, and I'm not going to mention names, have taken out news releases on Canadian Presswire to talk about their illegal delivery services um, while nobody else is allowed to do it. In fact, illegal dispensaries who had delivery won the dispensary of the year in Toronto. Like that's how topsy-turvy our world is, right? So you're right. No, sorry, Nathan, that's like Frank's moonshine winning liquor of yeah. the year. That's crazy. Yes, bathtub gym for everyone. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's 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 uh, it's crazy. Um, And so all we're asking for is the same. And, um, you know, I think COVID is a really interesting thing. So COVID is a horrible thing. We're all stuck in our homes. Um, But it is an interesting thing because it's a great accelerator, right? Where things that would take 10 to 15 years are now taking six months, right? Mm. Like you've seen most Canadians go from working in office to working at home. And the estimate is what 40% of those people will never go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think there's some interesting conversations around that. And I love to throw out a thought experiment. And I am getting to your Supreme Court, and I apologize, it's a long way to get there. But um, just as a quick thought experiment, do you ex- so in the next 18 to 24 months, there is supposed to be 1500 to 2000 cannabis retailers open in Canada, specifically around Ontario and British Columbia, mm. uh, the continued expansion in Quebec. And, you know, there's still 150 in chain in Alberta. Right. So 1500 to 2000 cannabis retailers in the next 18 to 24 months. Do you think more um, cannabis retailers will open or traditional retailers will close? Uh, more cannabis uh, stores are going to open. You don't think you will see? We've seen two hundred Starbucks close. We've seen the end oh, of. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm uh, sorry, I, mis- yeah. and- I misunderstood yeah. that. Yeah, you know what okay. I mean? Like so. So the interesting thing about that whole conversation is why aren't the retailers uh, associations talking about us? Where are the commercial landlords who desperately need people to take their spaces? Where are you know, where are those people standing up saying, hey, this is legal now. Like, we need these guys to be able to fill our buildings so that they can pay a mortgage because the market is continuing to grow. Um, you know, that is a really, um, that's an interesting thing. And where that leads to is, uh, to get back to the Supreme Court is, you know, um, alcohol and tobacco had to sue to the Supreme Court Um to to uh, to talk about some of the rules and responsibilities around marketing um we hope that uh through the review process of the federal legislation we can have um um 
those solutions come available. But, you know, there is the discussion that is behind that the the rules and reviews are so asinine in the cannabis sector. Um, and we knew they were going to be this way, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's much easier to make things strict and yep. then give the, or loosen them up. We all know that. We understand that. But like we're an essential service now and I can't tell you how a product's going to affect you, but you can go on a website that looks legitimate and sells all the pro products that look more professional, more fancy, and probably taste better um, than, than some others in the market. And it's an illegal site. So mm -hmm. what the opportunity is, is us to ask the Supreme Court to do a review and a ruling to see if cannabis would fall under the same classifications as uh, tobacco and alcohol when it comes to marketing and branding. We hope that's not the case, but there is that discussion that is being had because, you know, people are trying to establish brands and try to uh, responsibly educate and inform, um, specifically in the fact that the government hasn't fulfilled that role and responsibility, um, that, you know, what an opportunity for the rules to change, especially as America comes online. And yeah. one of the things we have to give America credit for is they kick ass at building brands. And if we don't catch up, their brands will come across our border and we won't stop it. And Canadian companies will be pushed out. And mm -hmm. that's not acceptable. So what can we do um, to make that better? And if we have to go the judicial way, we will. But, you know, we're hoping that that's not the case. Yeah, we're, we're in an 800 meter race with a 200 meter start and we could get past mm -hmm. in the next little while if we're if we're not careful. Where does we know we can go buy chocolate bars and, uh, and you know, different kind of edibles at a retail store. Where is cannabis and food and restaurants and, and lounges when it comes to the, the Cannabis Act? Or is that something that is uh, just, you know, uh, a provincial situation? Like where, when, how are we going to be able to go out and enjoy a cannabis-infused meal that isn't at a pop-up? So let's, let's, you know, and a pop-up that is unfortunately illegal. Yes. Right. Like and a, a popular, you know, like a pop up that is skirting the rules because of something as simple as give us the same rules as alcohol. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we recently wrote a post on uh, amending liquor licenses and temporary uh, event licenses for liquor. Scratch out liquor and put cannabis. Right. So that you could have a green wedding or um, you could take a limousine or a tour for tourists that are coming from Calgary to experience Canmore and Banff to drink, have a cannabis drink while they're in there. None of that can happen right now, but it's okay yeah. for alcohol. So what a simple low hanging fruit for regulators from across this country to scratch out uh, the liquor uh, licensing and the temporary um, uh, liquor events and do the same thing for cannabis. That's one. That's prov provincial, easy peasy, right? Um, there is ways to to um, start to have those conversations around uh, um, cannabis infused meals. Um, you know, we've been very lucky to uh, have that conversation as somebody who has talked a lot about cannabis and somebody who's very passionate about the cannabis industry. Um, COVID has created this, this uh, real need to have conversations about how we're going to rebuild uh, tourism and hospitality sector. And why can't cannabis be a huge part of that? Cannabis, tourism, and hospitality, when 
you know, there are significant discussions that um, we'll never see 50 to 70% of the restaurants that we've known and loved um, will never come back, right? That's a mm. lot of people between the ages of 18 and 35 that are out of jobs that will be very difficult for them to come back. People forget what a huge contributor the service industry is to Canadian employment. Um, I believe the last statistic was 67% of Canadians work in the service industry. Um, you know, that that's pretty profound and it's been wiped out. So we've already legalized. We're the first mover. We've fallen behind on cultivation um, a little bit, and we haven't created the regulations that unlock our opportunities to strengthen our brands domestically and, and position them uh, internationally. Why can't we do it through cannabis tourism and hospitality? And uh, we've been advocating for that for a while. That's something that I've been passionate about for a very long time. And we, but you're starting to see that conversation. There was a conversation last week from um, the Ontario Tourism Industry Association and the Ontario Hoteliers and Restaurant Association that said, we want cannabis lounges, cannabis um, uh, patios done by March, hmm. right? So, you know, momentum's there now there should be one quick caveat that will not be infused drinks that will not be um a cocktailer making you a cannabis drink that will not be a chef infusing cannabis and put it into a meal that is specifically designed for that that has to be done in the federal act review because the 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 rules when it comes to infusion of cannabis into food um, are very regulated in that. And they didn't allow the uh, allowance for an individual to have a certified restaurant with a federally regulated product to infuse. That is what we're going to have to push to. And that's really where it comes to what cannabis can be is we start on low hanging fruit licensing uh, temporary event licensing. We push for safe consumption areas. Um, you know, the trend around CBD coffee, uh, cannabis cocktails, um, where it's instead of a BYOB, it's a bring your own cannabis and you can infuse it. Um, those are the parts that we can do now where the really exciting opportunity is federal legalization, where it's pure, uh, infusion. And then, Imagine two years from now, instead of going to um, the Okanagan for a wine tour, you go for, you know, a Niagara tour in Ontario or a Southern Alberta tour um, to go see craft production at farm gates where you can buy locally grown uh, cannabis, which has a great story where it's creating jobs for an agricultural product, where you have pop up restaurants that are now uh, doing that and you have a tour um a tourism sector where you're bringing people from without to within um giving them an opportunity to try cannabis in a way that the world hasn't done yet um all at the same time where we're creating those regulations and then we're teaching other people to do it where we're exporting that knowledge and expertise and that's really exciting um and we gotta hurry up because you know, Thailand is moving towards legalization and mm -hmm. on Monday they announced that they're going to allow cannabis and food and um, uh, and in topicals. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, we got to get our ass in gear or else we're going to get lost again. Like, again, how crazy would it be to go to a spa um, mm -hmm. and have instead of a eucalyptus infused thing, you have a cannabis infused spa or instead of going to hot yoga and doing hatha, it is cannabis infused hatha yoga like the, mm. the the opportunities are limitless 
we just have to get the regulations out of the way um, while understanding it's a legal product and cats aren't marrying dogs and dogs aren't marrying cats. And the fastest growing population is seniors who just happen to be the largest voters. So politicians, you'll be okay to make that bold decision to get out of the way. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you mentioned Thailand. Uh, we talked about Mexico. Israel uh, is on its way to legalization. So the world is waking up. The cannabis wheel is turning. And the UN, yep. now we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. The UN is voting later this week. And cannabis yep. is uh, going to be, uh, I think there are six things that they're voting on. But there's the, you know, the medical cannabis is the, is the one area that's really could get a big boost from what the UN is looking at, isn't it? Yeah, the the it's the review of the 1961 Controlled Substance Treaty, right, which is the the comprehensive treaty that uh, says what can and cannot move and what is a narcotic. And there was significant concern that they were going to relist CBD as a narcotic again. Mm. And we're hopeful that the, the, the leadership of the EU last week where they're like, no, 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 it's not a narcotic. It, it's more in the vein of a health product right. um, allows uh hopefully gets the UN and the World Health Organization away from that conversation. Um, but again, this is what a great opportunity for, for Canadian leadership. So again, if you think about how cannabis legalization happened in Canada, in 2001, um, there was a lawsuit that went all the way up where it created uh, opportunities for patients to have the ability to consume cannabis as a medicinal product. Remember, we all have heard the stories of Flin Flon, Manitoba, and yeah. the government growing weed in mines. Um, yes. That came out of that legislation, right? And why it's an, um, a key differentiator and why there's a significant opportunity where um, Canadian leadership can continue to, to have. And, and actually, one of the things that it perhaps even does is it protects us against uh, the development in the States um, is we did medical first and then we did adult use recreational. And that's a really important step because um, we've now created a pharmaceutical grade product. Like for those people who haven't had the opportunity to go into uh, a licensed producer, it, it's incredible. Like it is a pharmaceutical grade yeah. uh, environment. Like it, it's full, it's, it's full hairnets, beards, mm -hmm. like the whole kit and caboodle, right? Like it, it is a pharmaceutical. And then the EU has added EU good manufacturing practices on cannabis that has become the new standard. So mm -hmm. Canadian cultivators are rushing to now have that as a standard. And um, there is a number of Canadian companies that now have that standard of pharmaceutical grade. And why that is so important that it actually gets entrenched in the, um, um, the 1961 uh, Controlled Substance Act our, uh, yeah, controlled substance treaty is it could lead to an opportunity where pharmaceutical grade cannabis has the ability to flow between borders. And it creates an opportunity that if you have other jurisdictions that adhere to the same standard with a pharmaceutical medicinal grade product, you could see cannabis coming from Lesotho. South Africa, Australia, Mexico, Uruguay, Colombia. And then you get to have all of the different things um, that come along with it because the, the one of them, perhaps the most unique and exciting things about cannabis, and I think we forget about this um, quite a bit, is, is three quick things is, one, it's a plant and how it grows in the sunlight that it gets matters, yeah. right? 
And that has a consequence on um, cannabinoids. What are the base ingredients? We primarily talk about THC and CBD, um, but there's another 140-ish cannabinoids in the plant that we haven't done studies and research on. Um, that this act and amending that would allow great researchers like Inatech and Vagerville or the CRIS, the Cannabis Research Institute of Saskatchewan, um, or Guel the University of Guelph to continue to push and see what different cannabinoids do. Um, and um, it changes the conversation from it to be just primarily an inebriant to a wellness product. And that is when societal integration really picks up steam. And um, that's a really exciting conversation because now you're having a global trade market built on the pharmaceutical product first in nations that potentially move to um, adult use recreation, where in the future you might see uh, a fire and flower have Jamaican cannabis or Lesotho cannabis or Uruguayan cannabis or just like wine, right? We want to be treated the same. And this is a huge step in that direction. Well, if it means we could somehow get some Acapulco gold up here, I would absolutely love that because that's a bucket list cultivar, uh, you know, growing out of Mexico. But it is indeed opens up, you know, um, if this could open up uh, borders a little bit, it could just be absolutely amazing. So coming back inside our borders now, what is, and then this is, like I said, a question that uh, kind of spawned off of our conversations. What do you think is the next big thing in cannabis in Canada? You know, we've seen things, different kind of products rolled out. Uh, is there something that you're really eyeing? Uh, cannabis tourism and hospitality. I think it's yeah. become, to be really honest, a little bit of manifest destiny now. Um, I think when you, COVID has just, wiped out the tourism or the tourism sector, the, the aviation, um, uh, hospitality, who knows what live events and sports look like in the future. Yeah. The opportunity to have something that at this moment we alone have, um, and combine it to where people as the world starts to open up can come to and see our chefs that can be world leaders, our cocktailers who can be world leaders, people who make uh, zero proof beers that are infusing with cannabis on the side, um, cannabis tours, uh, farm gates, like you get to revision the entire tourism and hospitality sector and shove cannabis on the front of it. And that is cuckoo bananas. And the mm -hmm. thing that is interesting about that is People who haven't talked about cannabis are now talking about it because of mm -hmm. the economic necessity, because we've been laid bare economically uh, by um, um, COVID. Like, just as a quick example, just, you know, we're in Alberta um, right now, and Alberta mm -hmm. has just had a tough 2020, right? Like we have the worst cases of, of uh, COVID at this moment in time. We've seen the complete revisioning of the oil and gas sector. Um, you know, tourism has vanished. Um, it, it's been a tough time, right? Like Alberta's had some real opportunity or uh, has had some real struggles. But, you know, it's interesting that we don't talk about four of the world's largest cannabis retailers are based in Alberta, right? Yeah. Alcana. Uh, and Nova, Fire and Flower, Spirit Leaf, and High Tide Canna Cabana are all built 
grown and are exporting internationally here. If you had four world's leaders in any other thing, you'd have politicians be like, hey, look at us, look at how great we are. Right? Right. Why is it not the same? So yeah. why can't we use COVID as the great accelerator to push in and rebuild sectors? And that way we can arm people to say, it's okay to talk about cannabis because, you know, grandma's going, we're going, we had a great meal. You know, I went to a spa. It was great. Uncle or uncle and auntie want to fly from England, Japan, wherever to come to Canada and see because they're hearing what's going on. It can be our thing. And I think we're getting there, but um, I, I'm super excited about cannabis tourism, and I think that's uh, and hospitality, and I think that um, is where the whole conversation changes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, it, it absolutely could be uh, a game changer. I know you got some really cool things uh, on the way. Uh, obviously, uh, diplomatconsulting.com, uh, but I'm excited about uh, the future of cannabis, uh, some of the things that you're doing, and and looking forward to working with you. Thanks so much for being on the show today, man. Oh, it's a pleasure. And I'm really happy that you're driving this conversation. Your voice is really needed. So thank you very much for doing that. And uh, thanks for keep on keeping on. And hopefully in the future, we can do something crazy and get you a sponsorship or two. But yeah, well, of course, we're not allowed that. But maybe yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't even say sponsor. My show will get canceled, canceled That's right. now. Because I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, it. everybody. <laughs> Nathan, thanks so much for joining me. Stay safe right now. Thanks, sir. Talk soon. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. That was a very informative conversation. Uh, and make sure you check out One Hitters later this week featuring Nathan as we get to a little bit more about his cannabis history. We have done one hitters with him before, so we switched things up and uh, focused on a lot of edibles and, and eating because uh, uh, he and his uh, uh, his better half are big, big time into uh, delicious meals with cannabis. So you can find that as well as full episodes at Cannabis101podcast.ca where you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for the Friday giveaway. All right, so just before we get into our cannabis character, I was talking about uh, some topicals before. Uh, this is what we uh, have been using. It's the uh, Live Relief, uh, mostly CBD uh, topical, and, and it's uh, worked okay. We're running low, so uh, we ended up uh, picking up um, a much bigger one, 100 milligrams of CBD and 100 milligrams of uh, THC, and this is from uh, Tulia. So it's a new, um, newer product. Uh, this is the uh, the Live Relief is the one that I had always seen on the market, and then um, this one came out, and obviously uh, a, a bit of a size difference for sure. Uh, so I, I'm interested to giving this a try. I'm going to have a uh, uh, it's, it's weird. Plant life is becoming my uh, my my topical home or uh, my non flower home. Although I do get some uh, flower from there as well, but. I picked up the Latitude bath salts from there and uh, the uh, the topical creams. So I'll give those a try. I will tell you, the bath salts, uh, I, I'm a, I have a very high tolerance of THC. So when I use a lot, I get a great 
feeling in my legs. My legs just feel like I'm getting massage after I was lying in bed. Plus, I was I was pretty high as well. So, um, you know, it doesn't. It's not uh, crazy. It's not the same as the flower. It's not a head high. It's definitely a relaxing on the body. So I'd, I'd uh, check it out if I were you. But be warned, your tub will get very slippery and it will look very dirty after you use it. But check it out anyway as we get into our cannabis uh, characters today. And uh, we're, we're doing something a, a little bit different with uh, this one today. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Heavy girl with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> So today on Cannabis Characters, uh, we're looking, I was looking at maybe a book character, and I have to find some. I've only been able to find comic characters. I haven't uh, read a whole lot of books about cannabis. If you have uh, some great uh, fiction stories uh, where there's a cannabis character, please send them my way. I love love reading. Uh, Certainly got back into reading a lot more in the last little while uh, with, um, you know, time at home and and self-isolation. So... Please, if you have a grid recommendation for a cannabis book, let me know. So the character we're going with today is Marijuana Man, created by Ziggy Marley, uh, the son of Bob Marley, and it is a a comic character. This came out in 2011, uh, but not just any day in uh, 2011. Uh, This came out on April 20th, which of course is 420 day. So that was, uh, it's, it's conceived by Ziggy Marley, written by Joe Casey, and illustrated by Jim Mafood. Uh The title character wears the chemical sign of THC on his chest, and as Ziggy has said, represents hope for the future. And uh, they actually have uh, voiced some small episodes on YouTube, and um, this is what it sounds like. From the planet Yelram, a lone emissary is sent out rocketing across the galaxy, a single hapless soul named Sedona. His onboard computers led him directly to a planet that would hold the keys to Yelram's survival, Earth. Upon his arrival, Sedona immediately absorbs Earth plant life. It was a chemical reaction. With a little herbal inspiration, he who was once merely Sedona will be transformed into... Marijuana man. Uh, so there you go. Hopefully it doesn't get clipped for uh, copyright, uh, but that was part of the clip of Marijuana Man, uh, created by Ziggy Marley. And that is our cannabis character on this episode. Uh, something a little bit different and uh, something that I think we can uh, uh, certainly all enjoy is a little uh, cannabis literature uh, from time to time. That's what I think uh, anyway. All right, uh, we have What's That Strain on the way. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Mm-hmm. 
By the way, next week's show, uh, we're going to have uh, some of the brains behind this beauty, the Slash from Stonesmiths. Uh, the fact that I love, uh, the thing I love, absolutely love, is the boom, two clicks, auto fire, let it warm up for four seconds, take your hit. Three temperature settings, it's awesome. So uh, the makers, uh, the creators of this are going to join us uh, on the show next week. Um uh, Looking forward to that. And we're going to be giving one of those babies away. So make sure you're tuning in for that. You can also find them at Green Rock Cannabis in in, uh, St. Albert and Lethbridge. Uncle Ron's in Edmonton and Northern Light Supply in Edmonton. And if you're a retailer, check out stonesmiths.ca to get some of these in your shop. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Good friend Chris Ionson of Nova Cannabis uh, joining me for another edition of What's That Strain? And on a day where our uh, first, uh, or yesterday, our first uh, 12 cultivars of Christmas came out, Miracle Alien Cookies for you, and today Blueberry for me. So those will continue right up until Christmas Eve. And normally I introduce you, Chris, as being from uh, Jasper Ave, the location, but you were out visiting Fort Saskatchewan at the Nova location uh, the last couple of days. Yeah, that's right, Dina. I've been out in Fort Saskatchewan for the last couple of days, just uh, kind of helping out out there. Uh, it's been been super cool to kind of get, uh, you know, a, a new community, a new environment, new store. So, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. So um, next week, I'll be back at Jasper Ave, though, when we talk. All right. And, of course, everybody can use Click and Collect to order ahead, to peruse the menu. So important right now as we're trying to limit contact, especially right now, for people to use that Leafly website to order ahead and certainly helps you guys out uh, as the uh, bud tenders. Yeah, totally, Dean. Uh, we're just trying to limit uh, you know, time spent in store so you can shop our menu from home and kind of decide what you want, place an order, uh, and we'll we'll pick it and have it ready to go so that when you come in, we can uh, you know process the payments and get you on your way. Awesome. All right, let's talk about our cultivar that we are looking at today, and it is Cake Crasher number one, and this is an indica-dominant hybrid, about 60-40 on the indica side, and we're looking at Joy Botanicals as the producer. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, when and, and what the uh, the mindset is for Joy Botanicals. Yeah, totally, Dean. Uh, so Joy Botanicals, they were founded in uh, 2019 uh, to discover the potential of cannabis grown in a precise and automated environment, uh, nurtured by skilled hands. Um, they've got a huge focus on, on quality over quantity, uh, which I, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I would rather see, you know, a smaller amount of, you know, quadruple A bud than, you know, uh, a big amount of, you know, you know double A. Um, so uh, props to that, you know, you know, big props to, to the, that call on that. Uh, I definitely uh, value that. Um, while most cannabis companies, uh, you know, have a focus on scaling their numbers up, uh, um, they, they focus more on the precision and the knowledge and the, the high quality flower. So uh, it's just nice to see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people will be uh, knowing uh, when they spend their money that this is a uh, quality product that they have taken the right amount of time and, and proper care with. So who are the people behind Joy Botanicals? 
Uh, yeah, Dean. So the, the company was started by Randy uh, Karen, uh, and he's a former executive with a, a global EPC service provider. Uh, him and his son, Jeff, uh, and Jeff now runs the company as, as, as its president. Um, they run this company. Uh, they started the company together. Um, and uh, Randy had reached out to his son and he had, he had said to him, you know, let's start a business together. Uh, but he let Jeff decide what. So, you know, Jeff looked into some 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 things um, and he he came down with a decision for, for cannabis, uh, medical cannabis at the time. This was pre-legalization. Uh, at first, Randy was rather apprehensive about the decision, uh, getting into the, the drug game. Um, no, it wasn't initially kind of what what he had thought. You know, he had thought you know maybe a car dealership or uh, something along those lines. Um, but uh, with further research uh, and Jeff's positivity and and his passion about it, uh, cannabis was the decision. And uh, and super glad you know they they mm -hmm. made that call uh, for sure. Uh, I think it's it's great to see you know these uh, you know I guess a, a smaller batch kind of companies uh, come in, and especially uh, you know a family operated joint like this, uh, father and son. I always love those stories uh, in the cannabis world, and and uh, and also the team that they have uh, working at their facility. It, it consists of passionate, hardworking, experienced individuals, uh, and they they love to share their joy with the world. Is uh, is a little blurb I got from their website. So um, yeah, it's uh, it seems pretty cool there uh, what they're, what they're doing. So uh, yeah. Pretty awesome. pumped about okay. Joy Botanicals. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, so let's talk about, we've talked a little bit about the who and uh, uh, the when. Uh, let's talk about where they do their growing. And, and we also mentioned uh, the quality that they take. So how do they grow? Uh, yeah, Dean. So they've got a, a 15,000 square foot facility just outside of Calgary. Uh, it's in the Wheatland County. Um, this facility has a, a specialized HVAC system uh, that draws much more power than the, the average warehouse does, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and they employ right now just they've got 15 regular employees uh, and they have an on-call crew of about 10 more workers uh, when needed, uh, when it's, you know, harvesting time or, um, I mean, with cannabis, there's, you know, you've got your cycles, right? Uh, mm -hmm. um, so you're going to have your, you know, your core people there. And then you're kind of, I guess, your part-time people coming in. Um, and they grow in single cultivar rooms. And they use uh, soil as their grow medium. And, uh, and it's a fully automated uh, environmental control system. Uh, but it's human monitored. So, uh, you know, it's not just the robots aren't just taking over. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got, uh, you know, humans are obviously monitoring uh, all this. But, you know, fully automated is, is really uh, kind of the, the next step here um, and allows you to, you know, track all the, the the data um, from each room and kind of see, okay, this one room just killed it, this grow, uh, check it out. You know, they can like look to see on the the environmental uh, settings that were in that room and, and try and, um, you know, mimic that for uh, future grows. Um, so that's cool and great. Um, the environmental controls in each room, it, it, those control the watering, the temperature, the CO2 levels, the nutrient levels, humidity, uh, and they can dial it in uh, room to room, which is super sweet. Um, they also have uh, ozone water treatment, uh, which is uh, powerful oxidizing agents that destroy all bacteria, viruses, and cysts uh, within the water. And it's also recirculated as well. Um, so just uh, they're, they're doing a lot of, you know, real, real cool steps over there. Uh, and, and they're also grown he here in Alberta too. Uh, you know, as we're seeing a lot more, uh, 
Alberta cannabis companies popping up here, you know, with uh, agriculture being a, you know, a big part of Alberta and uh, the tech game too. And uh, so we're kind of seeing those two kind of uh, gel in t- together a bit here. So it's, uh, it's neat to see Dean. Yeah, it's it's time we celebrate Alberta Bud uh, as well as Alberta Beef like we normally do. And there is a look, if you're watching, at some of the uh, Alberta Bud that we are talking about. So let's discuss the history. And when we look at the lineage uh, with uh, Cake Crasher number one, we have Wedding Cake and Wedding Crasher. So I don't know if uh, Owen Wilson uh, or Vince Vaughn are going to pop up in this one or not, uh, but let's discuss the parents as we take a closer look at this. Yeah, Dean, for sure. Uh, so yeah, we've got, like you mentioned, Wedding Cake and Wedding Crasher. And now uh, Wedding Cake is, is a genetic breakdown of Triangle Kush and Animal Mints. Uh, two real awesome cultivars there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and the further down that line, we've got triangle Kush, which, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, an OG Kush, uh, variant. Uh, and then we've got, uh, the animal mints, which is an animal cookies crossed with a sin mint, uh, Girl Scout cookies. So, um, real tasty genetics there just on that one side of the wedding cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of the wedding crasher, we've got uh, purple punch, crossed with wedding cake again. So uh, doubling up on the wedding cake here. Uh, and that purple punch uh, has one of my go-tos. Uh, it's Granddaddy Purple in there, GDP. I just big fan of that uh, that cultivar. And that's uh, GDP crossed with a, a Larry Lemon OG, uh, which is a, a very kind of a citrusy uh, and with, with some sour diesel in its genetics. So um just legendary genetics here. I, when I looked into the Cake Crasher, Dean got me super excited. Um, this was my first time trying the Cake Crasher. Uh, I've tried both uh, Wedding Cake and Wedding Crasher previously, but this was my first time hitting a Cake Crasher. Uh, and it was super dope. I, I really, really liked it. Uh, I thought it was tasty. Uh, I thought the, uh, I guess the high, the effects were uh, top notch. Uh, put me in a really good mood. So uh, I was pumped about it. Um, All right, who created Yeah, Dean, uh, Cake Crusher, they were created, it was first bred by uh, California breeders, uh, Seed Junkie Genetics. Um, They're responsible for some some really cool genetics. We've talked about these guys a lot lately, it seems. Uh, They've just put together, uh, you know, a lot of great cultivars. And um, and this specifically, the Cake Crusher, like what it's known for, it's known for its distinct flavor of of a sweet petrol with uh, fruity and earthy undertones. And the effects are known to be profoundly relaxing on the mind and the body. It's it's a real nice uh, balance of uh, of head and 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 body effects. Indeed, uh, the website uh, for people wanting to check out some more information is joybotanicals.com. Uh, I found there's some good information on the uh, process that they have. Uh, their products are are not there yet, and maybe maybe they're uh, still working on that. But joybotanicals.com. I like the look of the website. Some good info, and then uh, more uh, to come as they roll more products out for sure uh, and the THC on this batch that I picked up is 24.1% so we'll tell you in just a little bit where that fits on uh, our kind of a scale uh, as for what's in a name this is pretty simple to figure out when you look at the lineage you're just taking the word wedding out and combining the two cake crashers so uh, not hard uh, not all not uh, we didn't have to get uh, like a private investigator on the case to figure that one out uh, as far as that uh, but when we do uh, take a look at what this does look like um, as far as the packaging I like the glass jar I, I really do like the glass jar I kind of like the whole look of it uh, what do you think from the uh, packaging department 
Uh, yeah, Dean, I, I'm a big fan of the glass jar. Uh, I just think it's a classy container to have. Um, my initial, I guess, assessment on it, um, the, the lid, I thought, uh, I've just seen some, some glass jars with nicer lids. I thought, uh, I, I guess I could have seen a, uh, maybe a classier lid there. Uh, no internal seal though. So when I, uh, when I cracked the, the jar on mine, um, you know, just there was the bud right there. I, I like seeing that, that seal right on top and, and it could have done with, uh, maybe a humidity pack as well. Yeah, I would I would say it came a little bit dry. The one I picked up was packaged October 30th, so not that long ago. Uh, it wasn't, uh, you didn't need a grinder dry, uh, you know, it was still a little bit squishy, but you could tell that uh, uh, humidity pack, I just think that should be standard. I know there's a lot of people out there that say glass jars, you don't need them. I still think you should put them in there. Let's have this cannabis. You've, you've taken so much, for every company out there, you take so much care in uh, putting it together, uh, so let's make sure it last as long as possible for the uh, consumer. So that's on the packaging. When you actually get to the buds, uh, man, uh, it's it's they're not the biggest buds, but they are dense. And you know, if you're watching, look at those colors. Yeah, um, for sure, Dean. I, I was super impressed when I when I cracked the jar. Um, yeah, real dense buds covered in trichomes. Uh, vivid, vivid colors, uh, you know, a couple different shades of green. Uh, we've got purple, we've got orange in there. Mm -hmm. Um, just real vivid. Um, the container that I had, um, you know, had like a, a good little dusting of, of, of crystals on, on the edge there, uh, like on the glass. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, uh, cakey. Um, when I ground it up too, um, or even breaking the buds apart, uh, on my tray, just trichomes kind of just tumbled down. Uh, what, what I like to see in 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 bud, uh, I was I was pretty impressed with how it looked. Yeah, that stuff just looks like it's everywhere on it. As we're watching, if you're if you're just listening, and your your mouth is watering at what we're talking about, check out our YouTube channel, the Cannabis One One Podcast, and our social media feeds because. This will be out there, and uh, man, I, I could look at this all day. I just love when something comes in with just more than green. I love the green and orange that you usually get, and sometimes it's really distinct, but I love when you can get some other stuff in there as well. Uh, okay, so you're you're not here, obviously, because we're be doing our part to, to, to stay home and stay safe, but... I did give the taste test to Nosy McGee, and uh, it was it was funny. We got uh, a little bit of uh, spice, and I got some creamy, but there was one distinct smell that we couldn't figure out until you and I talked. So what did you smell? Uh, yeah, Dean, for me, it was uh, I got a, a sweet and creamy uh, uh, right off the hop, very fresh, too. Mm. Um, the secondary smell for me was was earthy and spicy. Um, and, uh, and I had kind of, I had a couple people, uh, also get their nose on this, uh, as well. And, and caramel, yep. uh, was, was a smell that was mentioned. Uh, and, uh, it, it definitely had that kind of sweet. It very much reminded me of, of caramel. That's what we could. Uh, so that, that was we, super uh, nice. Yeah. Oh man. I couldn't, uh, we couldn't place it. And then and when we heard it, we were like, that's the one we couldn't place. So it's really nice. Like, you know, we talked in our 12 cultivars, cultivars rather about something like almost like the coffee taste, or there's some mocha tastes out there. And uh, it's nice to get like a caramel taste. You don't often get that. I don't often get that. So, or that smell rather was, was really nice to uh, have. Uh, and then there's uh, you know, a little bit of earth and, and some spice uh, with it, which leads us into, to the terpene profile, which is where we get a lot of our uh, smells from, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is very much so, Dean. Um, yeah, the the primary uh, dominant terpene for for the cake crasher that I came across was it was uh, limonene, uh, which is that uh, citrus and kind of fruity uh, aroma and flavor. Um, Caryophylline was next, and that's uh, black pepper and kind of a spicy, and uh, that was apparent there with the uh, the smell test. Uh, and then linalool was the uh, the third terpene, uh, and that's known to be floral, kind of a, a lavender uh, terpene. Uh, so yeah, that's those were the three uh, that I tracked down. I know I I got this off my my research off off the web, mm-hmm. uh, not specifically from Joy's website. So um, you know, hopefully once it's up there, they do got their their terpenes listed, and uh, you know, I will also I'll correct myself if uh, if if they've got uh, you know different information. But this is what I what I was I tracked down for the cake crasher. Sure, what works for me, man? It's got uh, you know I'm the the big caryophylline freak, so I love that. And then linalool is quickly becoming a, a favorite of mine, so I'm really looking to diving into this uh, a little bit more uh, after we uh, finish up. So um, then I will be able to give you my experience later on. But what was your experience when you first tried this? Yeah, Dean, uh, I had a, a real good experience when I tried it, uh, for sure. Um, it hit fast. You know, I was uh, halfway through through my joint and uh, just felt the effects. Um, there was that initial blast behind the eyes. Uh, my head became pretty floaty, uh, which was nice. It just kind of kind of takes me away from the day that I had. Um, I found it was a real smooth, cerebral head high. And then I, I did my physical assessment uh, too a couple times when I when I hit the uh, cake crasher where I, I get up and I kind of shake my shoulders around I, I t- take a few steps I check in with my body uh, and, and it, it felt great on my body uh, I I had a bit of stiffness uh, before consuming the cake crasher and and I kind of found that uh, you know I didn't really notice that as much. Uh, while you know assessing my physical assessment so uh definitely an indica dominant with just the right amount of head high uh i found i had a lot of good laughs with it uh it wasn't too buzzy though um and very uplifting uh so yeah i was a big big fan of of cake crash it was a cool uh first first go for me um yeah it's a lot of fun and uh it made, made me feel real good well, and, and that something that you mentioned in there uh, that I want to kind of touch on that I thought was really important. I'm just firing up the uh, Supernova Volcano Hybrid uh, to uh, enjoy some of this. But something that you mentioned I think was really important, and that is that you kind of did your, 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 your mental checklist or your check-in with your body. And that, that's kind of like your form of journaling, right, of, of, of figuring out know how this is affecting compared to other things i think that's so important whether you do that whether you write stuff down whether you record stuff and then listen to it later Uh, i think especially for for people that are new to cannabis but even experienced people like i do it still uh when i get a new cultivar to know how you react to it because everybody is different we're snowflakes we're fingerprints we're all different when it comes to our dna and, and cannabis so i think that was a really good point that you brought up about Kind of just what you can do when you're trying out a new cultivar. Yeah, absolutely, Dean. Um, I, I've been doing that for a bit. Uh, I think it goes back to uh, I, I was in Amsterdam for a, a trip to Europe and uh, went to four or five different coffee shops in, in a single day. Kept filling my backpack up with all these different samples of, of cultivars I, I had never seen or tried before. Um, and I had a little journal and uh, – and I kind of wrote down, uh, we did a, a blind, me and a friend did a blind kind of taste test. 
where I was aware of the cultivars I had and what wow. I kind of did some research on them and then and then tried them all and did my physical assessment. Uh, stood up, uh, you know, bent the knees, uh, shoulder circles, uh, you know, neck rotation, just to kind of feel it, uh, just to see, um, you know, where I was at. And I, and I journaled that. I documented it. Uh, and then I was able to look back. I still got that journal. And uh, yeah, it's funny to look back because yeah. some of those cultivars, though, now we've, we've seen here in the Alberta market, uh, you know, it's, it's just cool to do. And, and everyone's going to have a unique and different journal, too. So I, I, I do think it is important um to do that uh, I, sometimes i i am a little busy i do a mental journal instead you know where uh, i take note of things and you know i'll remember that as time passes but uh i think it's better to write it down uh, especially in the, in the cannabis game with uh <laughs> short-term memory and stuff mm. like that uh you know I can, I can remember uh you know who created this cultivar uh but i can't remember what i had for lunch today so yeah, indeed. I can remember Brett Hall's goal totals in uh, 1991, but uh, sometimes I forget to do uh, unload the dishwasher at home. So, all right, let's get to the three W's about this. Uh, the who, what, and when is this good for, in our general opinion? Yeah, totally, Dean. Uh, so who's good for intermediate smokers and up? Uh, I think definitely with the, the high THC level of 24%, that's in the in the high range there. So uh, this is not one you're going to want to, uh, my first time with cannabis, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to start off with some cake crasher. Would you say it's closer <laughs> uh, to close to level three as well, being that high of a THC? Is that getting into like the two and a half to three range? Yeah, I think I think two and a half. Yeah, I think if you've just kind of graduated into the level two there, uh, you know, you might be, uh, you know, a little easy or, mm -hmm. or apprehensive on, on jumping into some cake crusher because this, this stuff was uh, a bit of an intense high with with that THC level. Um, so, yeah, I'd say beginners stay away. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're ready, intermediates and experts go nuts. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. What? And uh, what it's good for, Dean, it's good for, for chilling out hard uh, without too hard of a, a couch lock. Um, I, I found it was great for, for funny movies. Um, I also, uh, I watched this uh, documentary about uh, Timothy Leary, the, uh, the, the grandfather of LSD, mm -hmm. uh, and really, really got into it. Uh, with the cake crasher to the point where you know I had a, a joint of the cake crasher watched the show and I ended up um, having another one of it you know back to backs which uh, I don't normally do that often so um, yeah it was real nice for I guess uh, a, an introspective uh, kind of uh, watching a, a, of a real neat movie I, I really got into it um, uh, when it's good for uh, what's that no I said that's awesome I was I can't wait to uh, dive into oh. a documentary. <laughs> Yeah, buddy, it was uh, it was good. Uh, and then when it's good for it, it's uh, evening time is best. Uh, you know, right after dinner was great. Um, I think you. I mean, you could start your day off with some cake crasher, but again, it's just going to be a really chill day. Um, you might not get too much done. So uh, I think you know, evening time is best for the uh, the cake crasher. Uh, all right. Well, I am uh, going to actually, uh, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday night, so I'm about to, uh, I'm going to go use some, uh, I, I picked up some more bath salts, latitude bath salts from uh, Plant Life uh, in Aaron nice. Ridge out here. Uh, so I'm going to find a documentary, take my iPad in there, have a Lebowski bath, have a little uh, cake crasher and 
some latitude bath salts. That's the rest of my evening. So uh, I'm glad I picked this up using click and collect because it limits the contact. That's why you're at your place and I'm at my place. Uh, so this has been a lot of fun. I now have my evening planned. I'm going to have a, a bath dessert with uh, Cake Crasher number one. Uh, Chris, uh, definitely stay safe during these times. Uh, I know you're out in the fort for the next couple of days, and we'll chat next week when you're back at uh, Nova on Jasper Ave. Thanks very much for chatting with us, and enjoy the 12 cultivars as they continue to roll out in December, man. Yeah, I will do, Dean, and uh, thanks for having me, buddy. We'll see you next week. Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. And that's going to just about wrap things up for us. Uh, Thank you very much for watching. If you did on our YouTube or social media channels, if you're listening, thank you very much for doing that as well. You can watch by uh, heading to YouTube and searching cannabis101podcast.ca. And of course, thanks to all of our partners uh, from the OZ, the Green Generation Co. Uh, We're giving away Regal Cigar today. And of course, Stone Smiths, uh, creators of The Slash, who will be on the show next week. Check it out at stonesmiths.ca. And if you're a retail store, uh, you'll want to get these in because they are uh, one of the hottest products that is out there as we head into 2021. If you'd like to be a partner on the show, email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Please uh, reach out and get in touch with us on the program. You can also reach us on Twitter at the Cannabis 101 on Facebook and Instagram, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And of course, email me, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a partner or you think you might make a good guest on the show, we're always up for great stories. You can find past episodes and more at Cannabis101Podcast.ca. That's where you can also check out the 12 cultivars of Christmas that started December 1st. It ends December 24th. Full contest details, you uh, obviously have to be of age uh, to be participating, but you can find all of that at Cannabis101Podcast.ca. And if you're into podcasts of other kinds, check out PodcastAlley.ca, where I have a bunch of different shows of uh, the sports variety. And as you saw earlier, if you're watching, we're back at it Monday with a new episode. David Wiley from the OZ should be able to rejoin us on This Week in Cannabis News. Malcolm LaBelle of the Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. Uh, two of our great media partners will have Weed Word of the Day, our cannabis question, and we'll tell you more about how you can get involved with the Weed Weekly. All right, that is going to wrap things up for us. Big thanks to Nathan Meissen of Diplomat Consulting for giving us a uh, A lot to think about as we move forward in this booming, booming industry. The cannabis industry is creating a ton of jobs and a ton, a ton of momentum. And I think everybody's going to start jumping on board. So big thanks to Nathan for that conversation, Chris Ionson as well, on what's that strain. And the most important partner, you, the listener, and the viewer. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 75. Don't forget to check out the 12 cultivars of Christmas at cannabis101podcast.ca and join in the December fun. As we always do, we leave you with 
the marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. We'll see you later. Like uh, your opinion, man. Dope is dope I've ever smoked.